May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Sorry about that. Now, fix my microphone there. So when I was a kid, uh, I didn't go to Sunday school on a regular basis. Uh, My parents moved around a lot, and so we never became active in any particular church anywhere. But when I was in third grade, we lived up on a hill behind the church, and my best friends became the, the pastor's kids. And so for most of third grade, I was a regular attendee. And it was also the only year that I got one of those really cool attendance pins. I don't know if you guys remember those or not. Um, And as part of that Sunday school program, we all had to memorize a Bible verse. And if we were successful, we'd be given a Bible. And I memorized the 23rd Psalm, the King James Version, of course. And I got my Bible. And I promptly quit Sunday school. But here's the thing, I may not have been a stellar Sunday school student, but to this day, I still know that psalm by heart, word for word, in the King James Version, of course. And it's always been my go-to words of prayer when I'm hurting or when I'm scared. But Psalm 23 is also, it's also powerful in its ability to move us to just stop, just stop for a little bit, to lay down our worries, lay down our cares, even if just for a brief moment and feel God's presence. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. One writer said that Psalm 23 is, it's a solace for the soul. It's a prayer that calls us to just sit back, to breathe and just be. A time to recharge our hearts and our spirits before heading back into whatever's happening in our lives. And what I wonder is whether Jesus thought about this psalm when he told the disciples, come away and rest for a while. Jesus may not have been feeling too great himself right at the moment. He had just lost his cousin John to a violent death, reminding him that God's children are not immune to pain or violence or death. And in Mark's gospel, we we keep hearing about the crowds, the the crowds who follow Jesus and his disciples crowding in, wanting to see and hear Jesus, wanting to be healed. And today's reading is, is no different. Once again, Jesus and his disciples get into a boat, and they go away to try and get some rest. And it wasn't to be. The crowds followed jostling each other, pushing to get closer, wanting, wanting. The Lord is my shepherd. 
I shall not want. And Jesus, being Jesus, didn't do what probably you or I or most of us would do, which would be to hop back into that boat and make a quick getaway. Jesus saw the great crowd, and in spite of his own weariness and his own grief, he had compassion on them. And he healed them, and he taught them many things. So like many of Jesus' actions, we tend to overlook or not even realize what's happening and what it means to us in our lives as followers of Jesus. Because compassion is not necessarily an easy word. The literal meaning is with suffering. It's not a synonym for pity. I can pity someone. I can pity a situation. But I can just walk on by. But compassion, it's not just a feeling. It's a doing. Pity lets us keep our distance. Compassion gets involved. Author and theologian Frederick Buechner describes what it means to have compassion in this way. Compassion is the sometimes fatal capacity for feeling what it is like to live in someone else's skin. It is the knowledge that there can never, never be any peace and joy for me until there's peace and joy for you, too. And I don't know about you, but that definition is a game changer. It's asking a whole lot more of me than I think that I'm even capable of giving. And yet, and yet, maybe that's why today we need to hear the 23rd Psalm. He restoreth my soul. He restores my soul, my very life, my strength. And I remember, we know this. As followers of Jesus, we know this. Love one another as I have loved you. We are all, each one of us, a member of the household of God, as Paul writes today in Ephesians. Archbishop Desmond Tutu would speak of Umbuto. It's a theology that is based on an African cultural worldview that emphasizes the unity and connectedness of all of humanity. It's a connection that causes us to see and acknowledge the holy in each other. The word Umbuto roughly translates to mean something like the individual's humanity, our humanity, is expressed through our relationship with one another. Umbuto is a way of seeing, really seeing one another. I see you. You see me. My humanity recognizes your humanity. This seeing this compassion, what would this world look like if we practice compassion 
as Jesus showed us, if we really saw one another, if we absolutely knew that our lives were bound up together, each one of us part of the human family, each one of us created in the image of God, would it make a difference? Would it make a difference in how we treated each other? Would it make a difference in how we cared for each other? Would it make a difference in how much we loved each other? Would we know? Would we absolutely know that it's not okay for our brothers and sisters to live in fear or want because of the color of their skin or their religion or their ethnicity or their sexual orientation? Would we know that it's not okay? Would we know that it's not okay for people to go hungry? Would we know that it's not okay for people to be living on the streets? Would we? It seems to me that we are living in a profoundly threatened world. One that is beset by issues that are impacting so many culturally, politically, and environmentally. And the theologian Karen Armstrong wrote that in the 8th century, in the midst of the extreme violence of that period, that the concepts of divine compassion flowered in all the great religious traditions, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. She argues that in this time that we are currently living in, that our last best hope as a civilization is to once again to return to the wisdom of divine compassion. And maybe she's right. And our only hope for this weary old world is for us to live into and embrace this notion of compassion for one another. No longer just walking by and ignoring what's happening or getting back in the boat and leaving. He saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them. We are being called, we are being called to help create a just and a beloved community right here and right now, to see one another, to have compassion for one another, to love one another as we are so loved. And it might not be easy. Not everybody's gonna appreciate our compassion. But we also know that we will never be alone on this journey. For thou art with me forever and ever. Amen.